It truly is a privilege to be with you for our last session. Well, I'll tell you what, time goes fast when you're having fun. You know what? <clears throat> the key to the anointing of God is entering in, immersing ourselves in topics that relate to the heart of God, that relate to the gospel of Jesus. And how to be the real you, beloved, is one of the key topics of the day. You know, the devil is an identity thief. He will try to do everything he can <clears throat> to quench the real you, to negate the real you, because the real you not to enter into fruition. But I, I tell you, he can't stop us. He cannot, glory to God. Now, in this session, we're going to go out in fireworks. I, I'm not going to summarize. Uh, you know, I, I want to take this session just to go out and fire. We're going to teach a little bit, and then we're going to preach. Someone says, what's the difference between teaching and preaching? Well, teaching is instructional. It's to explain. Preaching, really, it's more motivational, and it gets you to proclaim. Hallelujah. So we're going to enter into teaching right now. Glory to God. Again, the real you is the image of God. Christ is in you, so his life can be your life. The blood of Jesus was shed to negate the old you, to negate the you that was constituted by evil. To negate the first Adam. So the real you is the second Adam. The real you, glory to God, is the image of Jesus Christ. The real you is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. See, the only way that we can be free in this life, free from the fear of inability, free from the fear of tragedy, free from the fear of sickness, free from the fear of abuse, free from the fear of unfulfilled desire, is to enter into the place where it's no longer us who live, but Christ who lives within us. Man, when, you, when Christ is living through you, and it's not you but Him, that's when you can be free. That's the real you. Glory to God. You've been given the DNA of God, according to 1 John 3, 8 and 9, because Jesus has destroyed every work of the devil, according to 1 John 3, 8, and He has imparted in the place of that which He has destroyed the very image of Himself. So the real you, Glory to God is who your father is. Glory to God, you've got your father's eyes. You've got your father's heart. Hallelujah. You've got the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had when he walked the earth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus says in Romans 8, 29, that he, he died that you might be conformed to his image, that he might be the firstborn, glory to God, among many brethren. You need to understand, and I need to understand, that the real ass, glory to God, hallelujah, is the image, the glory, intrinsic to the Father, even as he has caused us to be birthed through the word of God and caused us to enter in, hallelujah, to the DNA of his heart, caused us to enter in, glory to God, to being conformed to the image of Jesus. Again, Jesus just did not die for you. He died as you so he could discharge Hallelujah, you from the evil, hallelujah, that you consisted of. He who knew no sin became sin, tasted sin. Glory to God that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Glory to God according to the principle of the law of negation. I shared, uh, glory to God, in 2 Corinthians uh, 5.21, Leviticus 16, uh, Numbers 14. The law of negation says this, in order to discharge somebody from evil, from harm, from destruction, Mm, that glory, 
there's got to be a perfect one that's glorious, that enters in to take the place. Glory to God that actually experiences the pain, the evil, the, the sin, the sickness. Glory to God. That's why Isaiah 53, 4 said, he bore your sin. He bore your sicknesses that he might discharge you from it. He became you to free you from you, the first Adam, so he might impart glory to God, the reality of his being to you, that his life might become your life. Wow, that's our introduction, glory to God. Go with me to Psalm 8. We're going to elaborate on that reality and the first part of our teaching, and then we're going to do some preaching. We're going to enter into proclaiming. I tell you, if this is real, if what I just said is real, glory to God, then, then the weak need to call themselves strong. The sick need to call themselves healed. The poor need to call themselves rich. Hallelujah. We, the, oh, the unable need to call themselves able. We need to call ourselves Christ. Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ. Now, I'm not saying you're going to be some little God, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. I'm talking about entering in to letting the Holy Spirit infuse who Jesus is into your spirit, manifest it, glory to God. So his life, again, is your life. The fruits of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, glory to God, the reality of you crying, Abba, even as Jesus cried, Abba, you having the Spirit of his Son. All right. And Psalm 8, the Psalms are so precious because David, I, I tell you, he's, he's, a, he's very genuine. He struggled at times, that's quite obvious. But he walked with God in, in an amazing way concerning he was an Old Testament man, not having a born-again spirit like you and I. And in Psalm 8, he, he, he just really is conveying his humanness to God. He says this, he said, Lord, when, when I consider the heavens, the work of the finger, thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, I think to myself, what is man? I, I mean, I, that you are even mindful of him. I mean, David looks up in, into the stars. Man, the universe is so vast. And he is being overwhelmed by the glory of God, by the vastness of the universe that conveys the glory of God. And he's just being honest. He says, man, what, who am I? I mean, that you would even consider me. Be mindful of me. And this is God's answer. Ooh. Basically, he says this. I, I see what you're saying, but... I've made you a little lower than Elohim, myself. Some translations say angels, but it's, it's, it's the Hebrew word Elohim that's used in, in, in the first five books of the Bible just consistently in the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. But I've made you a little lower than myself. You see this in the book of Hebrews chapter 2. And I've crowned you with honor with glory, and with dominion. Romans 5, God says, I've made you a king. Revelation 1, 6 says, you are a king and a priest unto God your father. Man, so, so, so God is negating the natural mindset of David, and he's replacing it with the mind of Christ, with the mind of God. He's replacing it with the reality of who he really is. This series is entitled, How to Be the Real You. We said the key to being the real you is seeing yourself in the mirror of God's word because that's the truth of who you are, really. Glory to God. So let's, let's think about this. 
God says, I've made you a little lower than myself, Elohim. Now, he's not talking about in the context of, uh, like we said, omniscience. I'm the big omnipresent, omnipotent. He's talking relationally. Glory to God. You see, I hear this all the time. Oh, if I could just be like an angel. That, that, that Honestly, that's shameful. An angel? Jesus didn't shed his blood so you could become like an angel. Angels are your servants. The highest angel serves you. There's no angel that cries Abba. There's no angel that has a born-again spirit. They have spirits of fire. But your spirit is infinitely, infinitely greater than their spirit. Because you're made in the image of God. You're made a little lower than Elohim. Crowned as a king. In the spirit realm. With honor. With glory and dominion. What's it mean to be honored by God? Psalm 91. It says that I will honor you with, show, with long life and showing you my salvation. Honor means to delight in. Man, when Jesus came out of the water of baptism, Jesus said, this is my, my son in whom I delight. Wow. You say, well, that's Jesus. My friend, I'm going to tell you something. John 17, 23 says that God the Father loves you as much as he does love Jesus. He honors you. He delights in you. I'm going to say something that might rock your boat. God delights in you as much as the Father delights in you as much as he delights in Jesus. Jesus delights in you as much as he delights in the Father. You say, how can you say that? Because the Bible already does say it. You read the, the high priestly prayer of Jesus from verse 1 to 26, and it says it over and over and over and over again what I just said. And we've shared on that. But now I, I'm, I'm enunciating, you know, I'm accentuating it now. He delights in you. In a profound fashion. You do something to his heart. That, that, honestly that, that's amazing. He honors you. He delights in you. I, I, I tell you. you know, I, I delight in my wife. I delight in my children. I delight in my grandchildren. Glory to God. Whew, hallelujah. Then it says. He's crowned you with glory. What's that mean? The glory of God is the inward essence of God himself. Moses said, Lord, there's one thing I desire above all things. Show me your glory. God says, I will manifest my name. Hallelujah. I, I will manifest my goodness. I will proclaim my goodness. The glory of God is the name of God. The glory of God is the goodness of God. It's the mercy of God. It's the righteousness of God. It's the life of God. It's the love of God. It's everything intrinsic to God that makes him who he is. And God says, I've taken what's inside of me. And I've crowned you with it. Because glory to God, you're not a servant anymore. You're not an angel. You're my son, glory to God, whom I love, even as I love my only begotten son. I tell you, you say it's too much for me. I'm saying to you, that's why God gave you a born-again spirit, because it's too much for your natural mind, but it's not too much for the mind of your spirit. If you're going to enter into the real you, then you've got to see the unsaid to see the unseen. You've got to enter into the mind of Christ and see yourself in the light of what God says you are as opposed to what you think you are or what traditional church says you are and enter in and get out of the box and get free in the truth of God's word. 
Man, I heard, I think I shared this with you. I heard a man when I was first saved. He said, we all know what John 17, 23 says. It, it, it says that Almighty God loves you as much as he loves the Lord Jesus. Then he said, but who could believe that? And then he laughed. And he said, we're not even going to look at that. And, and the Lord witnessed to me, an 18-year-old boy, I, I, I tell you what, just accepted Christ just a month before. And I, I, and I, I just said, God, is that real? And I looked it up in the Bible. And I threw my Bible across the room. I said, God, how could that be true? How could you love someone like me that, 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 that's entered into sin and done this and did that? But then I picked up my Bible. And I said, God, I never knew what was going to be in this book. I was raised in the church. I never read the Bible. But, but I, I called out on you and I accepted you as my Savior. And I said, if it's in there, I will never see that it's true because that's what you said is true. You're the way, the truth, and the life. He's crowned you with glory. The very inward essence of his being. Romans 5, 5 says that the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. It's not a different love. It's not the love of an angel. It's the love that, that caused God Almighty to send his son. It's the love that causes his son to die on the cross and endure infinite pain. For you, to procure your salvation. It's a love that causes the Holy Spirit to be in you and even stay in you even when you drag them through the mud in your sin. The Bible says that in Galatians 2.20 that, that you have the faith of God. I've been crucified with Christ. No longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Romans 12.3 says that we have all been given the measure of faith, the faith of the Son of God to the new birth. Wow. He's crowned you with glory. In the inward man, Ephesians 3.16 says we've entered in the receiving of Isaiah 11, the sevenfold spirit that was on Jesus through his, the blood that was shed by the power of the Holy Ghost. It says the spirit of might that we might enter in to the faith of God, the love of God and walk in his strength that's not our own. The very strength that Jesus Christ himself walked in. You want to know the real you? That's the real you. And that says he crowned us with dominion. I mean, you could read this Bible from cover to cover, but, but God doesn't say, you know what? He doesn't have you cry out and say, Lord, rebuke the devil for me. He gives you authority over the devil. The devil's no match for you because you are anointed with the spirit of the living God that the, Jesus himself was anointed with. Acts 10, 38, Luke chapter 4, glory to God, and 1 John 3 tells you that this anointing, this life, this glory is now flowing through you. You've been given the name of Jesus. Do you deserve it? No. It's unmerited. You've been given dominion over the devil. Luke 10, 19, the demons are subject to you. Destroy both serpents, deception, and serpents. That's what could harm you, abuse, inability. Whew, Jesus. Anything that would harm you, cancer. You have authority over it. You've been crowned as a king in the spirit realm. A king and a priest unto him. 
Someone says, I never heard this. 99% of the church hasn't heard it. Because the devil has got the church thinking that they're worms. The devil's got the church believing that they're Romans 7 rather than Romans 8. But you know what? That's all changing now. It's all changing now. Say this with me. It's all changing now. Glory to God. All right. Go with me to John 17. Hallelujah. You say, if this is teaching, what's going to happen when you get into preaching? Glory to God. Well, just wait. Glory to God. John chapter 17. Hallelujah. It's amazing. John 17, 1 to 26, the high priestly prayer of Jesus. Mm. Nothing like it in the world. Glory to God. John 17, 1 and 5. I'm writing the whole book just about these five verses. You know, uh, uh, Brother Wilkerson, he wrote a book, The Prayer of Jabez, a great blessing to the body of Christ. I'm just writing The Prayer of Jesus. In the prayer of Jesus, verses 1 to 26, Jesus prays five verses for himself, 21 for you and I. These first five verses are amazing. Jesus says, Father, the time has come. Glorify thy son that thy son might glorify thee. See, for every action, there's an equal opposite reaction. We need the action. What's it mean to, to be, be glorified? Well, obviously, Jesus is glorified in the context of worship. That doesn't apply to us. But it's when he crowns us with glory, what we just read in Psalm 8. He manifests his presence, his voice, his empowerment. And Jesus prays. And I said, Lord, why would you need to pray this? Well, because he was a man. He's going to endure the hellishness of Calvary. And just like Elijah needed that that. that cake that was made by the, the angel. He went on the power of it for 40 days. Jesus needed so much more than that. He, he needed a grace and empowerment, a glory that only the Father could give him that would enable him to endure the cross. Glory to Jesus. But we enter into verses 6 to 26. And, and, and it's, Jesus said, I manifested the name to these men that they might come to know me through the manifested name. And then he says, Father, continue in John 17, 11, to manifest the name, that they might be one with us, even as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they may be one in us. It's not talking about unity in the context of the body of Christ. It's talking about intimacy with God himself in such an amazing way that it is so exponentially glorious. That honestly, you can worship him now to the day you die and never do him justice in worship for what he has called us into. Glory to God. But you see, it's the manifested name. What do we say the glory is? <clears throat> when Moses said, show me your glory, God said, I will proclaim my name. I, I will manifest my goodness and my mercy. The name. Whatever name it is, Yahweh Jireh, the Lord that provides. Uh, glory to God, Yahweh Shema, the God that has a need to manifest his glory, even his resurrection power. Man, it's to bring you and I into oneness. Whatever needs you have, whatever desire you have, whatever expectation you have in the Holy Ghost, God has a glory commensurate to your desire to bring it to pass. 
Someone says, I got cancer in the fourth stage. God's got glory to destroy it. Someone says, I, I, I've got this, had this familiar sin for years. I've did this, I did this. God has glory to destroy it. You say, I'm unable, I, I, I feel unworthy. God has glory to destroy it. God has glory to cover your every need, to negate every glory to God, every ounce of pain. Because you see, he said, oh, hallelujah. He came that the glory might manifest. The glory and the name are commensurate to synonymous. He said, Father, I want to let you know I manifested the name. I manifested the name. He says it seven times in this prayer. I manifested the name. Why was it so important to manifest the name? Because unless the name is manifested, I'm going to tell you something. Then you're, man, you're back in religion. You're like David's brothers when Goliath was taunting them and they dressed in battle array, but man, they never went out to battle. They never had manifestation. But David, glory to God. He says, in the name of Yahweh Shahabath, the God who fights for me. That's one of the primary glories of God, the God who fights for you and wins battles for you that you could never win yourself. <clears throat> he said, I'm going to take your head. That was the real him. See, that was the, that, <clears throat> that was the real David. The real David was a David that was anointed and killed a lion with his bare hands. Shh, glory to God. He says, Father, <clears throat> I manifested your name. And what it did, it, it caused them to see <clears throat> who I am. Caused them to see who they were. Man, in John 6, 21, when the boat became just like a, a glory to God, an airliner, and just flew to shore. That was the manifestation of Yahweh Shema. When he raised Lazarus from the dead, that was a manifestation, the name of resurrection and life. When he healed the leper, Jesus. And this is so amazing. <clears throat> I just got to read. I just got to read again, verse uh, 20. Neither pray I for these alone, for all those who shall believe in my name through the word of God. <clears throat> that includes you, if you're a believer. That they all may be one. And again, we, we went over this. There's three types of oneness. Oneness in, in the context of unity. Oneness in the context of deity. And oneness in the context of intimacy. It's obviously is in the context of intimacy. That they all might be one. As thou, Father, art in me. How close is the Father and the Son? And I in thee. That they also may be one in us. <clears throat> He's saying, I died. I'm going to die. I'm dead, Father. I'm getting ready to pay a price. So that they can be as close to you as I am. Jesus. Mm. I and thee that they also may be in us. That the world may believe that thou sent me. That's when the world's going to believe. <clears throat> when they see oneness. And they listen to this. And the glory which thou hast given me. I've given them. That they may be one. <clears throat> even as we are. The, the glory entails two things. It entails, uh, according to John 1, hallelujah, it, it says the grace and the glory he entered into, we now have a right to, because it was, it was put in our account, even as we're joint heirs with Christ. 
So the intimacy experience with the Father, we now have a right to because of grace. Grace for grace. And also refers to the Holy Spirit. Romans 11 says the Spirit of God raised Jesus from the dead. Romans 6, 4 says the glory of God raised Jesus from the dead. The Holy Spirit's in you. <clears throat> the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you <clears throat> to laugh you. Jesus was dead, man. Three days he's dead. He has no laugh in him. His body is dead. But the Holy Spirit made him alive. Can I tell you something? Without the Spirit of God, it ain't going to work for you. It's not going to work for me. We're dead in our ability to be like Jesus, to walk like Jesus, to talk like Jesus, to hear like Jesus. But when the Spirit of the living God, according to Romans 8, 11, is viable in you, because, hallelujah, you're a lightning rod for God. Because you're the righteousness of God. A true child of God. Man, now, the same Spirit that caused him to go from death to be dead, stone dead, and to be alive, is every day the Spirit of God quickens you, laughs you, infuses the glory, the life of God into you. The life of Christ. So you have his faith, his love. You cry all but like he cried it. He's given us his glory. When we started Psalm 8, I've crowned you with glory. Jesus said, I pray. I've given them the glory. I've given them the glory. John 17, 20 says, 3 says, I and them and thou and me, that they may be made perfect through oneness, that the world may know that thou sent me and loved me as thou hast loved me. Has loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will they also that they uh, use those that you've given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory. That's what worship's about. Man, when you enter into the glory of God through worship, man, you enter into the spirit realm. Man, the trait of his robe fills the temple. Wow. Oh, righteous Father, the world has not known thee, but I've known thee, and these have known thee. Now listen to this last verse. Last thing he ever prayed for the church. He says that I have declared, manifest thy name unto the men that they give me. And I will manifest my name, my glory, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me. Now this is for all believers, for you. Maybe in them and I in them. I shared this. So I could say this. Jesus ever lives to make intercession for you? Jesus ever lives to love you. Not just to love you, but to love you as he was loved by the Father. The Father ever lives to love you just like he loved Jesus. He ever lives to manifest his name to you in honor and glory and dominion just like he did to Jesus. That's why Jesus said the works I did you'll do also. What greater privilege than to do the works that Jesus did? That's the real you. 
The real you does the work that Jesus did. Glory to God. You know, I, I wear a bracelet. It just says, I must. It's taken out uh, 11, uh, Luke eleven thirteen, When Jesus saw the woman bent over for 18 years, she was demonized. That's what Jesus said. With the spirit of infirmity. And he said, when they rebuked him, the Pharisees, for healing on the Sabbath. Here's what Jesus said. I couldn't hold back. Man, you wanted your donkeys on the Sabbath, man. You take your ox for a walk. I couldn't hold back because she's a daughter of Abraham. I couldn't hold back. The Bible says, ought not this woman to be healed. He said, I had to do it. I must. Who are you? Who's the real you? The real you is somebody that's loved so much by the Father. Somebody that loved so much by Jesus. Someone that's loved so much by the Spirit of God. That man, they're running to you. They're crying. They're, they're, they're glory brooding. I made just to be unto you. Unto you. I, I, as the Father was under Jesus. As Jesus was under the Father. As the Spirit of God was under Jesus. That's who you are. Man, you are so precious. You are the object of his attention. You are the object of his affection. You are the lover of his soul, of his heart. Who are the, who's the real you? Someone who is in the eyes of God that he is infatuated with, in love with, because <laughs> of who he's made you to be through the blood that was shed and the spirit that has been given glory to Jesus alright we got to go quick because in the second half we're going to preach a little teaching now here's what I want you to know if God crowns you with honor, esteem, delight and God crowns you with the very essence of his being and God crowns you with dominion you need to perceive yourself likewise. You need to perceive yourself as worthy by the blood. You need to perceive yourself as someone that is lovable. Somebody, man, who is amazing. God doesn't make mistakes. You need to perceive yourself. Glory to God. As amazing in the sight of God. Amazing. And I tell you what. You need, to, you need to receive yourself blessed. You need to uh, receive your spouse. Man, worthy of your spouse's love. Maybe you messed up, but you're worthy. Man, you need to receive your spouse honoring you, giving you everything he has. And then you honoring him or her likewise. You need to receive esteem from your children. Respect, honor. Man, man, you need to have an expect close relationship with them. Because you see, if God, man, if God says my life revolves around you, how much more should your spouse's life revolve around you after Jesus? How much more should your children, your family be in such intimacy? The friendships that you have, the body of Christ. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Favor. You're favored. 
You're a favorite of God. You need to have favor, not only with God, but with your spouse, with your children, with your family, with your friends. All right, the last thing we'll look at before we enter into preaching is Romans 14, 17. It says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Who are you? You're righteous. You, if you could see yourself in the spirit realm, it would amaze you. It would hurt your eyes. The, the Bible says that angels have a spirit of fire. The Bible says that we have a spirit that is infinitely greater than their spirit, which is awesome. It, it, I mean, if you would see yourself in the spirit, well, it would just hurt your eyes. I, I, I mean, it would amaze you. you. You see yourself in the context of profound purity, profound righteousness, profound strength, glorious. God says, I'm coming back for a glorious church. You need to see yourself as righteous. Not having any sin consciousness when you interact with God. Because the sin hasn't just been covered up. It's been negated. Glory to God. Who are you? You're righteous. You say, but I don't feel righteous. Sometimes I don't act righteous. The more you see yourself as who you really are, as who you really will be. You're a person of peace. What's peace mean? Nothing missing, nothing broken. The Hebrew word shalom. Peace, peace, the Bible says in Isaiah. Oh, Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, May the God of peace, the God of shalom, Yahweh shalom, may he sanctify you, set you apart in your spirit, your soul, your mind, your emotions, and your body, being reserved blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus. You need to see you're not made to have anything missing. You're not made to have anything broken. Man, right now as I'm talking, I had the privilege to pray for someone. I, I talked to him last night. We oh, glory to God. We had a healing service not that long ago. The man doesn't have a stomach. Well, that's, that means that something's missing, isn't it? Due to cancer. There's no port. Man, I don't know. He's down to 100 pounds. We had prayer. Glory, I went to his house. And then we prayed again at the healing service. His wife stood in the, in the proxy for him. Man, about 10 days later, I'm in the grocery store. I get a call. You, uh, someone's crying on the phone, laughing on the phone. You're not going to believe this. I said, try me. He said, David, doesn't have a stomach. He's down 100 pounds. I just talked to him yesterday. He's, he's gained 40 pounds. If he didn't take his medicine, he could die. Nauseous all the time and profound pain. I just talked to him last night. He said, it's amazing what Jesus has done and is doing. I said, you know why? Because when I prayed for you, what we agreed with is the real you. Isn't somebody without a stomach that's dying. The real you is somebody that has nothing missing, nothing broken. Uh, is a stomach there? I don't know. They haven't done x-rays. How how you gain 40 pounds when you don't have a stomach? All I know in the eyes of God, there's nothing missing. There's nothing broken. And we agreed in the context of who he really is. Someone says, wow, that, that's, that's out there. That's the gospel, friend. 
That's the kingdom of God. Nothing missing, nothing broken. And it also, peace is also when you're going through a hard time. Man, when there is pain in your body. When, when there is heartache because somebody betrayed you. When you're going through a difficult time. And you're not acting like the real you. There's calm in the storm. Knowing a righteous man falls, but he gets back up. Knowing that Jesus, whoo, the manifester, hallelujah, he's in motion. Knowing that the end is going to be better than that which is former. And there's joy in the Holy Spirit. We should be the happiest people on the face of the earth. Joy is in your spirit. We're to be happy too, though. My gosh, the Bible says in Proverbs, happy is the man whose God is the Lord. We should be the freest, happiest people, most joyful people, most peaceful people in all the earth. All right. Glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. We're going to get into part two right now. Glory to God. All right. Here's what I want you to see. Mm. I, I, I just saw, as I was seeking God, I saw H2O. Well, we all know that means water. There's two molecules of hydrogen, one molecule of oxygen. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, it's a tap. I mean, you can't live without water. Amen. Jesus said, rivers of living water will flow in you. But you see, the one part of that hydrogen uh, glory to God, that molecule is, is you being born again. James 1.18 says this. You've been born Again, you went from death into life by the word of God. When you heard the gospel, to as many as received him, to, to them he, you can become a Christian. You, you can be born again by asking God to forgive you of all your sins and inviting into you, him into your life, making him the Savior and Lord of your life. You prayed a simple prayer. Man, you prayed a 10 to 15 second prayer and God took out of you the evil that you were encased in, the evil that you were, the evil that was beyond comprehension according to the book of Jeremiah. He took the evil out. It's the greatest heart transplant that's ever been taking place. He took the evil out of you. He put his own glory, his own nature. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 19, glory to God, hallelujah, or 1 John 3, 9, that he put in the DNA of his own being inside of you, in your spirit. And now instead of being a being of evil, you are a being of glory, a being of righteousness. Wow. That's the real you. And the same word that caused you to be born again. As you cultivate the word that caused you to be born again. This word, you know it's true because it gave you life. It caused you to be born again. The same word that caused you to be born again is the same word that will cultivate the measure of faith given you through the new birth. The same word, glory to God, that will bring you into a place of maturity that causes you to know, hallelujah, like Jesus knew. In the context of faith, it will cause you to, hallelujah, that to have the measure of faith cultivated in your spirit so you enter into the faith that Jesus had so you can do the works that Jesus did because how can you do the works that Jesus did without the faith that Jesus had? It will cause you to enter into the love of God, Romans 5, 5, that's been shed abroad in your heart, glory to God, as this word gets into you, glory to God, to cultivate the fruits of the Spirit, the love of God, the patience of God, uh, the self-control, hallelujah, goodness, kindness, oh, glory to God, it causes you to enter in. 
So we, we see that the two variables, I, I just said, you know, uh, uh, corresponding to, you know, the two molecules of hydrogen, the new birth and cultivation. But glory to God, oxygen. Man, to me, that, that represents the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Glory to God. The same God that loved Jesus. The same God that enabled Jesus to do the, the miracles he did. The same God, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good, healing all that were pressed the devil. This Holy Spirit and power, this Holy Spirit and love, this Holy Spirit and life, glory to God, is in you that take the reality, the new birth, and bring it to pass, to light your lamp, so this word becomes alive, so faith can be cultivated, so this love becomes alive when someone has wronged you. Glory to God, and the empowerment of the Holy Ghost comes. Wow. That's the real you. That's the real you. Glory to God. You've got the DNA of God. Man, I, I had a little vision. I saw a crow and I saw an eagle. And I saw a crow saying, I'm going to be like that eagle. I, you know what? I want to be like that eagle. I can be like that eagle. I'm going to try to fly. And man, I, I believe the Lord said, you ain't no eagle. And that represents the religious man. He tries to fly. He says, I can, I can be okay. I can be righteous in God's sight. But he can't fly. He's not an eagle because it's not in him. But then the eagle says, man, that little baby eagle says, you know what? There's something inside of me that says I'm going to fly. He starts to grow. He said, there's something in me that's going to fly higher than anybody else. There's something within him that says, you know what? I can. He does. Because that's who he is. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. The very glory of his being is in you. Philippians 4.13. Let's just read it. From the, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. In the King James. And in the Amplified. Let's look at it. I have strength for all things. How many things? I have strength for all things in Christ. Who empowers me. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything. Now listen to this. Through him. Who infuses. Inner strength into me. I'm self-sufficient in Christ-sufficiency. That last part means this. The Holy Spirit, His main reason for being in you is to infuse the life of Jesus Christ into you. You see, He couldn't do it to somebody who's not born again. Because that's old wineskins that he would bust. But now, glory to God, he's in you. He's joined one with your spirit because your spirit is so righteous. Your spirit is so pure. Your spirit is so glorious through the new birth that the Holy Ghost, who is the holiest of, of all, glory to God, can be one with your spirit because your spirit is as holy as he is because he's the one that created it in the image of the Father and now holiness and holiness, righteousness and righteousness, glory to God, glory and glory have come together. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. How can you not get excited about that? And it's in us. Mm, with the very life of God. The very 
life of God. Do you get it? You cry, Abba, like Jesus cried, Abba. You believe God the Father like Jesus believed. You love and forgive like Jesus loved and forgive. You enter into wisdom like Jesus did. Because it's Jesus in you. It's Christ in you. The hope of glory. All right. Now you think I've been excited? Mm. You ain't seen nothing yet. I'm going to give you examples of how this works. I believe you won't forget it. And then we're going to share confessions to conclude our six teaching series. See, here's what's so amazing. Take any desire within you, a desire to experience Jesus, a desire to experience the Father as Jesus did, a, a, a desire to win a multitude of souls, a, a desire to see the miraculous, a desire to walk without fear, a, a desire to have every heart's desire fulfilled, a desire to enter into finances for the kingdom, a desire to overcome every sin. I desire to be conformed to the image of Jesus. Here's how it works. This is the real you. Because this is the gospel. Let's, let me give you an example. Many of you have heard me refer to a man by name David Hogan. and He's somebody that uh, God's used in my life. Raised about 300 people from the dead, all documented. He's been in our church many times. And uh, a man... Uh, I can't even tell you the number of people have been saved. I mean, he works with, I mean, with churches and in Mexico and throughout the earth, risking his life. And Oh, Jesus. I was having lunch with him. And I knew that, and I shared this, but I'm going to share it in a way that you never heard it before. And I knew that there was a man he ministered to that had no legs. He was a rich man, and uh, one of his servants, a maid, said, I, I believe that Jesus can give you new legs. He threw her out of his mansion, said, never come back here. She was jobless, penniless, and she was in the market. She saw her pastor explain the situation, and Brother David was in the area, and uh, they prayed. They felt led to go to him. Man let them in. They said, the gospel of Jesus Christ will give you these legs that you need. He was, his legs were cut off in a way that he, he couldn't get, you know, artificial limbs that really would do well. So I was talking to David at lunch and uh, he said, you know, we just preached the gospel. Now listen to this, it'll change your life. We said, you know what? Those legs are in the heart of God. And because Jesus knew that you're going to be out those legs, he came and paid a price and was whipped 40 times or so and entered in to experiencing what it would be like to have no legs, to bearing your grief and sorrow. So he could discharge you from having no legs and manifest these legs by his spirit. And I began to see something. And David began to share with me. And I said, you know what? Those legs were not only in the heart of God. But those legs that he doesn't have right now, they were in your heart, weren't they? 
And he looked at me and he said, how'd you know that? See, Jesus, the kingdom of heaven has come. But most people don't enter into it because they think the kingdom of heaven just comes from, it's in the heart of God, so bang. But no, the kingdom of heaven has to go through your heart. God needs agreement. He doesn't need your ability. He doesn't need your seminary training. He doesn't need this and he doesn't need that, but he needs your agreement. And this is what this whole series is about. You see, the legs are inside of his being and part of his righteousness, his glory, his goodness, his mercy. Glory to God, his being God, the most righteous God, the most holy God, the most awesome God, the creator God, the healer God, the life-given God, the resurrection God. But see, the miracle is this, that the legs in his heart, glory to God. Hallelujah, that man's legs is in his heart. It becomes in your heart. It becomes a reality. You begin to see, you know what? It's in my spirit. I got a desire for that man to have legs. I got a desire for him to have uh, the miraculous manifested to him. And now, glory to God, you're in agreement with the heart of God. The kingdom of God is all about the king. And now the heart of the king, glory to God, his glory, his heart. I said his heart. I said his heart is now in you and now there's agreement there's faith for those legs and just like David said as they were worshiping God for the legs in the father's heart that now could manifest hallelujah through the blood now hallelujah are in the heart of the believer and now there's agreement and his legs appeared now I gave you that example I gave you the example when I had the privilege to pray for that man no stomach How's he going to live? But now it's gained 40 pounds. His miracle was first in the heart of God. See, to enter into glory, it has to start with heaven. Heaven is manifest to the revelation of his names. Every name is intrinsic to the name of Jesus. He is a creator God. He is a healer. He will recreate and then I tell you David's stomach man wholeness life was in me because Christ is in me that's the real me the real me is the heart of God in me the real me is Christ in me the real you is God's heart in you the real you is God Christ in you the hope of glory and what God gives you a hope for he will manifest the hope of wholeness. It doesn't matter if someone doesn't have a leg. doesn't matter if they don't have an arm. doesn't matter if they're four-stage cancer. It doesn't matter if they've been in an accident and they have their heads. It doesn't matter. All that matters is the king, the king of the kingdom. And by the blood, the heart of the king is now in the children of the king. Glory to God. But it, everything works like this. I was thinking of Heidi Baker, her, her and her husband Roland. I think they started 15,000 churches starting in the, one of the poorest countries in the world, Mozambique, in Africa. I had friends that were just with her not too long ago. And great miracles. How they start 15,000 churches? Well, she had a desire for souls. And it was in her heart because, you see, Jesus healed multitudes. And out of the healing, salvation came. He healed them because he hated to see them sick. But in healing them, there was a oneness that came about and salvation came. Like the leper. He didn't even know if it was God's will to heal. He said, if you're willing, you can heal me. Jesus put his hand right in that goo. Right in the leprosy. 
that was contagious. He said, I'm willing. The man not only got healed of the leprosy, he got a revelation of the king. So she had a revelation. You know what? She, she, she'd go to these Muslim villages, show the Jesus film. Wouldn't be hurting anybody there. You know, some woman and some kids. And then she said, you know what? Bring me somebody that's deaf. Bring me somebody that's blind. And invariably, the deaf person hears. The blind person sees. Now the men come out. They accept Christ. But you see, that's how Jesus ministered. You say, yeah, I believe that. But you see, being a Christian is having the same Jesus be in you as he was 2,000 years ago and is now. It's having the same Jesus in you that glory to God said, I'm going to come down from heaven to die for you. Having this Jesus in you and having the very same things he did, the works that he did in your heart and having the faith for it. You say, I want to experience God's heart. We'll see how Jesus experienced the Father. Go with me, Mark 9. You know, I, I, I pray three things every day. Transfiguration, or transformation, transfiguration, translation. All come from the same Greek word. Glory to God. And, and, and oh, glory to God. Metamorpho. Just like a caterpillar it metamorphose into a butterfly, Tadpole into a frog. But more than that, it's us morphing into Jesus. The Bible says, Be ye not conformed to the image of this world. Romans 12, 1 and 2. But be transformed, metamorpho, by the renewing of your mind through this. Through the Holy Ghost revealing this word to you, just like he revealed it to Jesus. Remember, Jesus said, the glory that was given to me, I give to you. That Oh, why? That you might be one with the Father. How do you get one with the Father? Through entering in the relationship with the Father through the faith that Jesus had, through the glory given you to open up this word to you like he did to Jesus so you can enter into the intimacy with the Father that Jesus entered into even as he entered the faith through this word by the Holy Ghost and you entering in the same way. Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. Mark chapter 9. Man, it's all about... The heart of God. And you say, wow, that's amazing. You mean the Holy Spirit's going to open up the word of God to me like he did to Jesus? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I says, you don't have, the anointing teaches you. Okay, so you said transformation, transfiguration, translation. Well, transfiguration just means the presence of God, the voice of God. Coming to you in an amazing way. Jesus said in John 6, 57, even, listen to me. Jesus said in John 6, 57, even as I eat of the Father and I live abundantly, so he that eats of me will live like I live. That's why his presence comes. His voice comes. In Mark chapter 9, Glory to God. Jesus said this. After six days, Jesus took, uh, he said, Verily I say unto you that be some that stand here will not taste the death until they see the kingdom of God come with power. Jesus said the kingdom of God has come. Jesus is saying right here, I'm going to give some men that I can trust, Peter, James, and John, 
had the inner circle, but it was for all the apostles. But right now, he entered in with these three men. It's for all of us. I'm going to manif- I'm go- I'm be transfigured before these guys. I'm going to show them what happens when I pray to the Father. Because I want them to know that when they pray to the Father, they're going to experience glory. Back to Psalm 8, right? They're going to be crowned with glory, honor, and dominion. He takes these guys up there. The Bible says in Matthew 17, transfiguration is Mark 9, Luke down in Matthew 17. It says that the glory came. Wow, the glory came. Now you say, what does this have to do with me? Everything. Everything. This came through the power of the glory that's been given to you according to John 17, 22, that you might be one with the Father even as Jesus is. You might be one with Jesus as the Father is. You might be one with the Spirit of God. Koinonia, the Bible talks about such intimacy with the Holy Spirit even as the Father and the Son have intimacy with Him and Him with them. Jesus. Man, when you enter into worship by yourself, expect the glory to come. It's all about expectation. As a man thinks in his heart, so he'll be. As a man believes, it's according to his faith, so you'll enter in. Jesus said you must be born again so you can see the kingdom. This is seeing the kingdom, what it's about. But then you've got to enter in. Glory to God, enter in. It says first you must be born again to see the kingdom. Then it says you must be born again to enter into the kingdom. I'm showing you the kingdom. But the Holy Ghost is there to bring you in. You need to say glory to God even as Jesus was brought into this glory. So I will be because I've been given this glory according to John 17, 22. According to John 1, I've been given through grace under this access to this glory. You say it's too much. And I say it's the heart of God. Transformation, transfiguration, translation. What's translation mean? It means where what you read in here becomes a reality here and in your life. Is there literal translation there can be? Elijah was translated many times. Philip was translated. I certainly don't believe you can be translated anytime you want to. That's like, it's akin to a vision, a gift of the Spirit. And that's as the Spirit wills. That certainly isn't something that you can just do. Let's continue. You say, I, I want to live without fear. Man, I was abused when I was a kid. I don't ever want my kids to be abused. I have a fear of uh, falling away. I got to have a fear of my house burning down. I, I got fear. God says, you know what? Perfect love casts out all fear. God says, I'm not giving you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. God says, you know what? I never walked in fear when I was on the earth. And as I am, so are you in this world. See, you begin to enter in to understanding what the gospel is. His life is now your life. Glory to God. There's nothing you have to fear. And see, this is where the devil comes in. He he tries to use your past experiences. He tries to use outward appearances. He tries to use your natural mind. You cannot afford to enter into the natural when you are supernatural. 
The only way you can enter into the natural is by forfeiting the supernatural. You can't have both, hot and cold. You're either going to be hot or cold. Oh, man, I, this, is, this is amazing. Jesus, it's amazing. It's amazing. Every desire of your heart. If God's placed something in your heart, whether it's to be married, whether it's uh, to make a million dollars, a $10 million, a $100 million, whether it's to have five children, the Bible says that a desire fulfilled is amazing. It's eating of the tree of life. Glory to God. Mm. But the desire, un unfulfilled desire, man, it, it's, it brings pain. I just feel like God said he's releasing you from that pain right now to this teaching in Jesus' name. You say, man, I got cancer now. I, I, you know what? I, I, I've been in an accident and I can't walk. Let's look at this. What's in the heart of God? Through what you see in the word of God. You come into knowing what's in his heart. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And then you begin to see it. Because wherever there's knowingness, then there is an ability in vision. If you know that there is a new car on the lot that's going to be brought to you today, you envision that car. Look, we're not talking about new age stuff. It's just the way it is. The eyes of your spirit begin to take hold. And what you see, you'll be. What you know, you'll see. And what you see, you'll be. You begin to see. Man, I, I, you know, just like Elisha saw the chariots of fire, just like in 2 Kings 6, man, when that young servant who replaced Gehazi, he saw the chariots and horses of fire, myriads of angels. You see yourself in the midst of the Father's heart is healed. You see yourself in the heart of God is healed. You know, I, when my wife and I started a pregnancy center, and man, different times, someone says, I'm going to abort. A lot of people have aborted their dreams. And we say, you know what? Just look. Just let us show you the, the sonogram. And they begin to see the baby. And next month, they see the baby. And then they see the baby more. They see the baby more. And they change from a, a, a desire to abort to a, a desire to have life. They enter into excitement. I'm here to tell you something. Glory to God. This is your sonogram machine. I'm here to tell you something. Glory to God. You begin to see inside the heart then you begin to see that it's in your heart. And now your heart and his heart agree. And man, when you agree with God, it will come to pass 1,000 times out of 1,000, 10,000 times out of 10,000, 100,000 times out of 100,000. Because how can you agree with God and not enter in the God manifesting the reality of what you're agreeing? Glory to Jesus. Again, the real you. The real you. Satan comes against you and says, look at what you did in your past. Look at this. Look at this. It's not coming to pass what you're saying. It's not happening. It's not going to happen. Someone said, believe this, and it didn't happen. So-and-so, shut up. Do not ever end out of the reality 
of what's inside the heart of God and never disassociate what's inside his heart with what's inside your heart. Enter in glory to God as you've never entered in before and then out of your mouth you confess the reality that you've seen what's inside his heart. It's now in you by the Holy Ghost through the new birth, the H2O, glory to God. It's in you, the faith of God's in you to see, the faith of God's in you to know how Holy Ghost is there to bring it to pass. Glory to God, and now you confess. And the Bible says, when you confess, hallelujah, you will have. Because you believe unto righteousness and you confess unto salvation. Glory to God. The word for confession in the New Testament is the word homologos. Homos means the same. Logos means the word of God. It means saying the same thing that God says. It means having what's in his heart being your heart and speaking out the reality unto it manifesting on the earth. The kingdom of heaven comes through the heart of the king manifesting in your heart and the confession Unto salvation. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Say this with me now. Say for me to live is Christ. That's Philippians 1.21. Say according to Galatians 2.20. I have the faith of God. Say according to Romans 5.5. 5, I have the love of God in me. Say according to Philippians 4.13. As I speak the word, the Holy Spirit manifests the word in me, through me, and for me. Even as the Holy Spirit created the universe, when Jesus spoke, light be. You see, Jesus saw inside the Father's heart what light was. And glory to God, it went into his heart. And then he spoke it out, and the Spirit of God created it. The word of God is the heart of God. It goes into you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, get into you. You ask whatever you want. It'll be done. I'm just going to make some confessions. I have this book I wrote years ago called Abba Father. These confessions are in this book. This book would be a great follow-up to this series, How to Be the Real You. Again, just called Abba Father, The Revelation of Intimacy. I'm just going to speak some confessions that are in this book. I speak them every day. Glory to God. See, Jesus is the high priest of your confession. If you don't make confession, glory to God, he doesn't have anything to be high priest over. From John 3, 3, James 1, 18, 1 John 3, 8, 9, 4, 4, and 5, 18, I say this, I am literally a child of God Almighty. And through the blood of Jesus, through the new birth, God sees me even as he sees Jesus fully righteous and the spirit of the most high God, the Holy Spirit himself dwells in my spirit. Galatians 2.20, Romans 5, we just said this, according to God's word through the new birth, the faith of God and the love of God reign in my spirit by the power of the Holy Spirit. John 17, 23 and 26, God Almighty loves me as much as he loves the Lord Jesus and paid a price of dying for me so that the love that he, oh glory to God, was loved by, this same love is manifested to me through him daily manifesting his name. 
Romans 8, 11. The same Holy Spirit who raised Christ from the dead is now in me to infuse the life of Christ in me so that I have intimacy with the Father even as he did when he walked on the earth. Philippians 4, 13. Through the infusion power of the Holy Spirit, I cry, Abba, as Jesus cried, Abba. I pray as Jesus prayed. I have faith that Jesus had that causes me to know the Word of God is true and to believe that what the Word has spoken to me, it will come to pass even as I confess it back to the Father by the power of the Holy Spirit. How do I conclude in our last two minutes? I, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I, I want to cry. Because the body of Christ is, doesn't walk in it. But then I want to cry for the goodness of God out of joy in the context of its reality. I want to worship in a way that no one's worshiped at the awesomeness of his name, at the glory of his presence, at his infinite love that really causes me to be the real me. Again, Jesus Christ created Adam in his image. That image was forfeited through sin. Jesus came, the second Adam, that the image would be restored in a way that his very life, the way he talked, the way he walked, the way he ministered, the reality of him being confirmed by the Holy Ghost in power, is your life. How do you be the real you? Enter in to the real Jesus because the real Jesus through the gospel by the power of the Holy Spirit is the real you because he's not just given you his sacrifice he gave you his sacrifice. So the very love, the very being, the very glory that he, that he is, is now who you are. God's coming back for a glorious church because the glory intrinsic to him is now being crowned upon us. His true church being crowned with glory honor and dominion even as he paid an infinite price so he could love you infinitely even as he is loved by the Father even as glory to God he loves the Father let this infinite love reign in you you're amazing in his eyes but the gospel the gospel is so amazing that his glory, intrinsic to his being, is now in your being. So you could agree that the glory of the king is now the glory of your life.